Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. Professional sports seems the highest level than taking a hit because of the coronavirus. You've seen the cancellation of thousands of games. The NHL and the NBA have both postponed their seasons. The MLB opening day has been postponed. They don't know when that season is going to start. NFL, because they're not in session, they've had a little bit less of an impact as far as you know their day-to-day business. But the NFL draft, which is usually one of the largest ratings getters and one of the largest events in the offseason for the NFL, that's been postponed and that's going to become a studio show. So all these leagues, they're taking, they're making adjustments, they're staffing schedules, they're pledging relief for stadium and arena workers who were hourly who are going to be the hardest hit by not having these games to work. Sponsors and corporate partners are being updated as well about the contracts and about what's going to happen with their advertising deals they've got. So it's going to be an issue, but where it's going to be having the greatest impact in the professional ranks, it's going to be the minor league teams. Minor league sports is professional sports still. And minor league baseball players found out they were going to be able to receive financial relief, but it's only through April 8th until their season would have started. So minor league baseball, minor league basketball, the G League has been suspended indefinitely. Minor league hockey teams, those teams are the ones who are going to really miss the revenue from ticket sales and attendance and concessions. And sponsorship sales from not having games at all may lead to smaller staffs in the future, or it may lead to job loss overall, just due to this virus and this pandemic. It's affected every sport at every level, from the postponement for events that as large as the Olympics, all the way down to the cancellation of youth sports and college sports. This has impacted every level of sports to the point where, you know, ESPN has to run old games and sports networks are being challenged to find content. There isn't one level of sports that's not affected by this, and the full impact won't be seen for, for months or maybe even years. This created a series of issues, primarily the cancellation of the winter sports championships in all spring and summer sports has led to a question of what the NCAA is going to do as far as eligibility for these athletes. These student athletes, you know, they may be granted an additional year of eligibility based on the fact that their seasons weren't completed or in some cases didn't occur at all. But then they have to answer the questions of, well, will those, these scholarships count towards the maximum number of scholarships that teams are allowed to have? Will these student athletes be able to attend graduate school? Or some of them may have had jobs lined up after college where what are they going to do with those if they want to compete again? So there's going to be all sorts of issues that need to be dealt with over time. Social media for teams has been the one area of creativity that we've seen during this time. Teams have been balancing the need to inform their fans about what's going on as far as this pandemic, what the update is on actual games played and on players. But they've also been having to entertain them without the aid of having sports there, without having games or events to cover. So you've seen some teams, you know, they've been interviewing some of their own players. They've had on different platforms, they've created virtual games. They've dug into their archives to create fresh content. They're being very creative and finding ways to engage with fans during a time when a lot of them are sitting at home and scrolling social media. Some of the best examples I've seen so far have been what the Toronto Raptors have done. They've actually started a series of called How Bored Are You? And they're actually having their players film videos of themselves at home while they're socially distancing themselves while waiting for the season to start. The Detroit Tigers have done virtual autographs where fans can send photos and they get a virtual autograph of a player on a photo. The Los Angeles Chargers have been doing quarantine cribs where they've been having their players actually go around and film 
their house like the old episode of MTV Cribs. So there's been a lot of creativity out there on social media and it's a way to keep these fans engaged, get them closer to the players, even though you don't have games to play. Advertising is gonna be really impacted right now. Obviously the Olympics being postponed, NBC had sold over 90% of their ads during the Olympics already. It's over a billion dollars of advertising that, that have to be pushed back for at least a year. Eight of the top 10 live events last year as far as ratings were sports events. So live sports generates a lot of revenue for a lot of networks and a lot of broadcasters. So having this pandemic come through and take out all these live events has really affected them and their plans as far as what they're going to be doing for broadcasting. Not having these events also means a lot of discussions between the networks and the advertisers and their corporate partners. You know, how are these ads going to be made up? What's going to happen once we get on the other side of this pandemic? So once we emerge, you know, teams and advertisers have to get back together and discuss, you know, what's contractually obligated. So executives are constantly reaching out to their sponsors, constantly reaching out to these advertisers and letting them know what's going on, letting them know the things that are contractually obligated, that was deliverable, that has not been delivered, and finding out how they're going to make this, this up. Because these relationships are so important for broadcasters, they're so important for teams, and they're also important for the brands. The brands have invested in sports. So having these conversations, they're difficult, but make sure that they have these conversations daily, weekly, and keeping them updated keeps them informed and actually it builds that relationship so that when it's time to you know come on the other side, we have games, we have live events, then they feel much more comfortable investing again. Many of the athletes I teach are seniors. Most of my classes are for juniors and seniors. So a lot of these athletes I teach are seniors in winter and spring sports, and they've been immense disappointment amongst them that they're not going to be able to compete. They're not finishing their season. And they have the uncertainty about the remaining eligibility. And even if they're granted additional eligibility, some of them have jobs already. Some of them may wind up um, grad school opportunities. So they have to make those decisions what they're going to continue forward with their athletic career for one more year, or if they're going to go to grad school or go to a, a full-time job. And this is the time that they can't get back. Wearing the maize and blue has been such an honor for them. They've loved it so much. And then some of them have realized after the fact they played their last game or they have played their last game or played their last match for the maize and blue. And, you know, they didn't know it till after the fact. So there's this sense of kind of a, I guess, you know, a longing for that closure. And I feel, I feel bad for them. So I, I really hear that from them when I talk to them. I did have a little experience teaching online classes before, but um, this is, Changing midstream is something I've never had to do before. So I've adjusted my lectures to include breakout sessions. So BlueJeans has a great breakout sessions feature. So students can actually work in small groups on projects. They have final projects that are still due at the end of the semester. So I've moved our current events out of, you know, basically a lecture one-on-one -on -one discussion to our discussions being online on Canvas. So the students can actually chime in at their convenience and talk about certain events that are going on in current events and sports. The absence of sports events hasn't really affected what I'm teaching, except for my one, one class. Obviously, social media, of course, we're talking about what teams are doing in the absence of having games. And we're talking about the importance of having archives to go back on and to pull up content. But we're also talking about, in my career management portion of my sales class, you know, how work stoppages, because work stoppages happen in sports all the time, especially professional sports. You'll have, you know, a strike or a lockout at some point. And I'm trying to tell them how to deal with these type of things, whether it's a pandemic or a lockout, you know, essentially being out of work or not having anything to sell for an extended period of time, how they should deal with that. For me personally, teaching, staying on a schedule, staying as if you were still going to be going to campus every day, Staying in that normal routine really helps to 
get you in the mode of teaching a class. It keeps you prepared, it keeps you on point, and it keeps you on target. Also, having a quiet place to lecture, but also letting your pets come through every once in a while is actually not a bad thing. A cat or a dog walking in the background of an online class, you know, it perks up the audience and always brings a smile to people's faces. So I found that, you know, actually having the pets wander around a little bit makes things a little more loose and people are a little more happy. A lot of students have a lot of things going on and a lot of these students are coming from different states, some from different countries and they've gone back to these places. So you have to, you know, check in and find out if you notice which students are not attending online classes, reaching out to them, email, call or video conference if necessary. I told my students that office hours are no longer one or two hours a week. It's whenever you need me. Here's my phone number, here's my email because I don't know where they are in the world. Find out where they are. I have an 8.30 a.m. class Eastern time and I have some students on the West Coast now who I'm being, asking them to get up at 5.30 in the morning for a class. So if they miss it, I wanna make sure I videotape class and make sure they understand what's going on because you know not everyone can align to Eastern Standard Time when you're on halfway around the world or halfway across the country. Some students don't have reliable Wi-Fi where they are. It's something I've, I've noticed. So you know, if you find out there's some students that aren't around, check up on them. If you notice they miss a class or two, make sure you check in and find out where they are, why they missed it, and just touch base. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMichImpact.